You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. This morning, I want to uh, continue uh, the thought that we, I think, started last week. But there's one major point I wanted to bring out. And uh, the scripture tells us in the book of Acts chapter 2, and I believe it's verse 24, it talks about the fact that whom God hath raised up haven't lost the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. That is what made it impossible for death to hold on to Jesus. It was impossible. Death just couldn't hold on to Jesus. Uh, there's a reason for that. Now, set out from Psalm 23 and verse 1. It tells us that uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in grain pastures, he leadeth me beside the still waters. So it means he is leading, all right, the principal work of the shepherd is to guide or to lead the sheep. And he leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth our soul. And then he says, he leads in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So here again, it talks about leading in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So the whole idea is that one is being led by Jesus as the God shepherd. But as he leads, he now tells us the next thing. He says, yea, though I work through the valley of the shadow of death. That word yea means yes in the affirmative that as he leads you, he himself, the Lord Jesus, will lead you to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But then it talks about fearing no evil, not allowing yourself to get scared at that particular point in time. As you start experiencing that valley of the shadow of death, that you don't respond in fear and in confusion. And here's where many Christians miss it. Uh, they believe that as Christians and as prayerful people, people that fast pray, all right, and serve God, that they should be exempted from experiences like this. And so when they have such experiences, all right, they begin, as it tells us, to wonder with amazement as to why they are going through that particular thing. Then they begin to murmur and start complaining. And then they get offended because they feel that they are cheated that, look, I'm not supposed to experience this as a Christian. Uh, and we've got to renew the minds of people, all right, all timers, this wasn't an issue there. 
Uh, but with modern day Christians, you know, I mean, I mean, if I call me and I say that, all right, uh, uh, this year, uh, uh, you will not experience anything, all right, that remotely looks like tribulation or any test or trial. All we just shout amen, like you will experience. Because Jesus said, in this world, you shall have tribulation. He didn't say you may. He said you shall. But then what did he say? Be of good cheer. I have overcome. What he guarantees is that you will overcome it. But he says, I am not going to stop the tribulations from coming. But I tell you the outcome of every single one. You will overcome in every single situation and come out on top. So you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, it tells us in Isaiah 43, it says, when you walk through the fire, it shall not kindle. It didn't say if you. It says when. In other words, it will happen, but this shall be your experience when it happens. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. So that fear there is going to overflow. I'm going to be consumed by this. It says, forget, it won't happen. When thou walkest through, not if you, when you walk through the fire, thou shalt not be burnt. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. So let's understand this, that God bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land, into your promised land, into your destiny, all right, led them through the wilderness. And in the wilderness, everything that they knew about where they were coming from fell apart. And there God wanted to teach them dependence on him, and that's where they aborted everything, all right, by murmuring, by complaining. So what Satan does is that he comes in during this season and now begins to provoke and begins, all right, to, to create images there. And once you think that, well, I'm not supposed to be in this place and that God, you know, hasn't shown up for me and all of that, then, then he gets the upper hand. And it's your reaction. It is, it is the wrong emotions that you express during that time that really gets people into trouble. Uh, you are supposed to walk through it, not kindling upon thee. And so you can come out as an authentic person and tell people very valid stories that will encourage others. That when other people are going through things, you tell them with all certainty that, listen, this thing will not overflow you that this thing is not going to burn you, that you are going to come out of this situation on top and you tell them your story and people there are encouraged and they find comfort in what, all right, you are saying. All right, it's not a question of uh, you building a car and saying that this car can sustain any environment without testing it. All right? The only way you know that it can overcome, you test it. So God says, listen, I've put something on the inside of you. My spirit is there. We can subject you to the test. And you are going to come out on top. Okay? So if they come into a company and they announce and say that, listen, we're going to lay off 25% of all the staff in this company because we're going through some downtown here. All right, and the Christian says, ah, I'm not going to be among the 25%. 
and goes to fast and pray. Now, if it's not part of God's program for that person, it won't be. But if it's part of God's program for that person, then it's going, that person will experience it. All right? So, the person experiences it and you are in shock. No problem. And you are amazed. No problem. But it says, get up. Take the letter and stand up and this is what it tells you. And announce that, listen, this has happened and people come to meet you. How could that have happened? No, hold it. It has happened. I am more than a conqueror in this. That you come back, as it says here, it says he has prepared, all right, the next verse, it says I've prepared, though you walk through, I'm with you, my rod and staff comfort, thou preparest a table before thee. That there is a table that God has prepared for me in the midst of all of this. There is something he has prepared that no man's eye has seen, ear heard. My heart has not conceived. God has prepared this thing and that is your announcement that I'm going to enter into something that has foundations, whose builder and maker is God, all right, that I wasn't thinking about at this particular point in time, but God, all right, has opened up a door and he has prepared something, and this is going to lead to this particular experience. And he says, I will anoint your head with all your cup will run over. And so you can announce my cup is going to run over as a result of this. This is what he tells you you can declare. You cannot say that I won't walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but you can boldly say that when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it is going to result in my own cup running over. Now, here is the point. What is on this table that God has prepared for you? It is not some table somewhere that he says, I will now take you to that table. He says, I've prepared a table before thee in the presence of your enemies. Now put the scripture up. And then he says, what is table? Thou anointed my head with oil. So what God has, will do there is to anoint your head in the midst of everything with the oil of heaven. So pour forth his spirit into your mind for the Holy Spirit to permeate, for want of words, your brain cells, to change the way you think, to open you up to what is known as possibility thinking. In other words, he is going to open up your mind. You are right there. He's going to the oil. That's what you should pray. All right, pray that God anoints my head here with oil. Pour forth your spirit so that I will be able to see, recognize certain things. My, 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 and once he does that, uh, and you experience the oil in your, on your head there, and, and the Holy Spirit permeates your mind, you'll see the eyes of your understanding, all right? Your thoughts there being optioned up, and, and you begin to discover things about life that you didn't know. What's this table he has prepared? It tells us in 1 Corinthians, it says, God, what no man's eyes has seen, ears heard, hearts conceived, God has prepared for them that love him, and those things are revealed unto us. They are called the deep things of God. It says they are revealed, God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. So that's the oil, the Holy Spirit. 
who comes in and begins to reveal things to you, all right, in that particular place. Show you options you've never thought about. Bring ideas to you you've never conceived or heard from any person. It's a blessed place, but you must understand that you are going to get out, please hear what I'm saying, get out of that situation through your head, which means he's going to pour his oil in your head. You are going to get thoughts. Job spoke about this in Job 29. He was the wealthiest man in the East. He ran into some crisis, and then he began to think about the good old days, so to speak. And in Job 29.1, hear what he said. Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, Oh, that I were in the months past, just some months ago, in the days when God preserved me. He says, when his candle shined upon my head, when by his light that was in my head, I walked through darkness. In other words, the light came on, my head there, and by that, I walked through darkness. So he, we will anoint your head with oil. And the Holy Spirit permeates your mind and begins to show you things and reveal things. He says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts. He says, as rain comes down, and what has the ground? In other words, if, if there is farming all around and you see somewhere that water is pouring into that place, it will be fruitful in the midst of all the dryness. And this is what happens in your own life. The rain are the thoughts of God. And suddenly with all the thoughts that will be coming out of heaven into your heart, all right, and innovations and all of that, uh, uh, things now will begin to come to you. Start seeing options within your life. Uh, and this is what God wants to do. He wants to open, all right, your mind and open, right, your thinking to the point where you now realize that, listen, if I look at something and I don't see any way out, that's the limitation of my own mind, which means I'm looking according to the experiences that I've had in my past, not according to the possibilities that are in the Holy Spirit. Once I allow the Holy Spirit to take hold of my mind, he is going to start showing me stuff. Uh, I, I mean, uh, um, Ishmael had an encounter. When his father was sending him out with Hagar, his mother, uh, the Bible tells us Abraham was very rich in silver and gold. Now, Ishmael, by any standard, every standard, was the first son of Abraham. Now, he may not have been the covenant, but he was the first son of Abraham, emotionally speaking. And so he saw his father who was very rich in silver and gold the wealthiest man in the vicinity. And the day was going to send him out, all right? But Abraham must have taught Ishmael, I'll show this, something. Because when he was going to send him out, he took, gave him, I mean, why did he do that? He could have given him more than that and he wouldn't have diminished his wealth. There, there was something to it. He gave him one bottle of water and gave him a loaf of bread and said, you are leaving the house, and I will see you no more. And uh, this man left, all right, the boy left with his mother, and they left with just one bottle of water and a loaf of I mean, and people have been grumbling, and people come and meet and say, hey, your father is so rich, why would they look how he's treating you? You, don't, you can't get a job, you start going on, and that's where you get in trouble. That's where you, get in, you feel entitled. That's where you get into trouble. All right? So he gave him, I said, you can leave. 
But he must have taught Ishmael that once the bottle of water finishes and this loaf I've given you finishes, then let me, this is exactly what you must do to see the miraculous. So they left. And when it finished, the mother took him, the Bible tells us, and put him under, all right, some shrubs away from her, put the scripture up, because she didn't want to see him. The water was spent in the bottle, and she cast her child under one of the shrubs. Now, next verse. And she went and sat her over against him a good way off, as it was by a bow shot, a bow shot. For she said, let me not see the death. All right, this is the valley of the shadow of death. Let me not see the death of the child. This boy is going to die. And she sat over against him and then lifted up her voice and wept. Now, she didn't cry. She, she, she didn't pray. She cried. Now, her son that she put fire away was the one who must have been taught by Abraham when God said, get out of your father's house to the land I will show you and I will make you a great nation. In other words, when death sets in and all of that is removed, he's saying that I am going to show you something. I'm going to open your eyes to see something. So the Bible says God heard the voice of the Lord and the angel of the Lord called to Hagar. So it was the son who cried unto God and called on God, it wasn't the mother, where he was, and said, this is the moment my father Abraham taught me it has come. Father, and he prayed. And the angel called Hagar out of heaven and said, what aileth thee? I fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad, not her voice, the voice of your son where he is. And it's what you pray that God answers. Because it's the voice of the lad that God heard. And what's the result of it? It goes on and says, lift him up now, for I'll make him a great nation. Verse 19. And the Bible says, he opened her eyes. And she saw a well of water there. So there was a well of water, but she just didn't see it. The provision, the she just didn't see it. And so God had to open her eyes. And that's why you need to pray that anoint my head, that my eyes might be opened to the possibilities that are all around me. Same thing happened to Isaac. Famine came into the land. Now that scripture is not about giving and you shall be received, it's about famine. It's about work. And there was famine, there was no rain. And it had never happened before. And so all the farmers said, listen, there's going to be no harvest. Because there's no rain, where are we going to get water? The Bible tells us that Isaac got up and sowed while other people kept back. He sowed. God must have taught Isaac. And that's where the nation of Israel, I believe, all this system of irrigation, that they have it in developed ways, that they have such great agriculture in the midst of the desert. They must have gotten it from this, all right, starting here. God must have told Isaac at that point and opened his eyes to see that even when water is not coming out of heaven, you can find water inside the earth. And Isaac must have dug deep, all right, and drawn water out, and then, and then spread it and began. And, and so he was the only one, all right? And it's through your head being anointed that your cup will run over. He anoints your head with oil so that your cup can run over. 
so you can get into a place of abundance. Every form of genuine wealth created has come by the, by, through innovation. In other words, the eyes of the understanding of people are opened up. Right? It's not that something was created. It simply means people's eyes were open to see what was already in existence. We have electric power today that we can use to drive stuff. It has always been on the earth when the earth was in pitch darkness. It's because somebody's eyes were opened and then they saw it and understood it. All right? The ability to fly has always been there. When some people are saying it was impossible, it can never happen, then somebody's understanding was opened up, or as it were, his head was anointed with oil, he saw it. And that causes the cup to run over. All right? Crude. All right? It was black liquid, disturbing farmers and disturbing fishermen, until somebody comes and says, listen, his eyes were open, we can extract from this substance that appears as a nuisance here and can build um, different facets and industries that have come out of that. Wealth has been created, all right? Engines are moving, cars are running, all right? Planes are flying through that. And then when they discovered again that, well, this might be contaminating the atmosphere, all right? So we need clean energy. So they start looking at other things, other areas where they can get that same energy that is not just confined to crude. You can get it from other places. You can get it from the air. You can get it from water. And they start looking into all those things. It's the understanding being opened up. And by that, what happens is the cup runs over. So you see, we should stop teaching a prosperity message that, that cultivates mental laziness. Let me repeat that. All right? That cultivates mental laziness that there is no contribution to society for the wealth you are trying to get. He anoints your head with oil so that your cup will run over. Medical science is about the heads of some people getting anointed. And they can now look at people and say, well, this is the color of your eyes. This is the organ that must be wrong. And this is what we'll put into the body to rectify that organ. And the colors of your eyes will change back to normal. Man didn't know that, but the understanding started getting opened up. All right? And as the understanding starts getting opened up, then the cup begins to run over. So what he wants to do there is to anoint. If you are in any situation, God wants to anoint your head with oil. Any movement around that destabilizes things, he wants to, all right, anoint your head with oil. So you start getting new thoughts and new ideas as to how to get things done. All right? And you don't, why do people complain and get frustrated? Because they don't see any way out. All right? In Psalm 13, verse 1, he says, How long will thou forget me? How long will you hide thy face? Verse 2, he says, How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will the enemy be exalted over me? How do I get victory? Consider and hear me, O God. Lighten my eyes. That's it. The Holy Spirit comes to, he says, Lest I sleep the sleep of death. I fall asleep and disappear, all right, in, in this valley here that I'm in. But if you open your eyes, you, know, you see possibilities, and you begin to function all right with that. Okay? So, first thing about it is that your head is that. So, what you've got to do is you just got to pray. And when you pray, ask him, Lord, okay, there's a, there's a table here, and what you do first is anoint my head. Open up my mind. Let me see, all right, what's going on here. Uh, open, and once your eyes are opened up, 
once your eyes are opened up and you discover that this life is not the way the majority of people think, which means this life, this, then you start seeing what is called the ways of life. You get to a point where, I mean, where in the church in Abuja, they told me, someone in the office just told me, said, well, on, on the 24th, uh, where we use Sheraton Hotel, that they said we can't do midweek service there because they have a program that some people have paid for and all of that. They're using all the halls. So they said, well, there's this other hall we can use. So I said, how many people are in the hall? I asked them, they said, 150. I said, well, we have 250 regular attendance midweek service. We can't put, one, put going in a hall for 150 people. It's not possible. You're going to have to at least tell 100 people to go back. And once they're 100 people to go back, they may not come the next week. So something is up. Something is up. So I told the pastor there, he said, look, let's pray here. I got you anoint the head with oil. It could be that he wants us on that day to, to run a different seminar where we go and rent somewhere and you just start the seminar and suddenly you see thousands of people that show up. 1,000 people showed up for it and then you discover something you should have been doing that you were not seeing until God destabilized the waters. You might even discover a venue that is more appropriate that you are not thinking about until he destabilizes the waters. So I'm not angry at anybody. You knew that we were wanting, we'll use this everything, but you went and gave it to you. Ah, it's in God's will because it's by the determinate counsel and the foreknowledge of God that anything happens. Every man will continue in a state of rest or uniform motion in a straight line except compelled by an external force to act otherwise. When the external force comes, don't complain. Just say, God, open my eyes that I may see. And you will begin, all right, to discover things. The man they laid off, all right, I might just sit and open my eyes. Maybe his friend has been calling him to come and visit him. He says, well, I'm so busy. He's forming busy because of his job. Finally, he now has time. Goes to visit. A conversation starts. And a massive business opens up from there. And then he says, my goodness. So God, you are the one that sacked me. It was painful. But he said, I've experienced something. This podcast is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.